Ante Up is your poker magazine dedicated to the everyday player and their poker rooms. Pick up a free copy at your favorite poker room nationwide each month. But Ante Up is much more than a magazine. Visit AnteUpMagazine.com daily for breaking news and each week download our award-winning poker cast. Join us on our action-packed poker cruises to exotic destinations. Ante Up, it's your poker magazine. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's October 9th, 2019. You're listening to the best and abbreviated PokerCast on the planet. I'm Chris Casenza. <laughs> and I'm Scott Long. I love these shows. I don't have to think. I could just sit back, let you talk, laugh at your stupid jokes. And then we'll do something a little special today. We're going to tag on a new episode of O'Malley's Moves. See, normally we don't do that, but uh, you know, you're, we're, we you're usually minute. usually we do a little crappy audio recorder on the ship, and then Scott will say something funny for five minutes. I'll say something for five minutes, and we'll say, "All right, we'll see you with a normal show next week." But since I'm home and you didn't do a show on the ship, we might as well just tag on. He sent it. He was nice enough to send us a new uh, uh, episode, so. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show with an O'Malley's move, so it's kind of cool. I get to just sit back and not do anything. No end of the week, no nothing. Not quite true, because here's <laughs> the thing. You know how much I hate these little cruise recap shows, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, so This time I was looking around. I was talking to some passengers, looking for some interesting people to, to talk to, and there was one in particular. I'm like, all right, that's it. i got to talk to her. That's going to be a fun show. And then we just could never uh, meet up the entire uh, last night, so that's why we ended up not doing it. But I want to talk to you about what she was going to talk to us about. And then there's something else, too. So if you're getting ready to tune out because you don't want to hear about how wonderful the cruise was that I was just on you weren't, stay tuned because the first couple things are going to have nothing to do with the cruise other than just a cruise passenger brought them up. Well, I can, en- we'll I, I can enjoy rendering my opinion. It's just there's no pressure in that. It, it, there's pressure in, like, hand of the week and, you know, trying to be funny. But if you just want me to tell you how I feel about certain topics and things, eh, I'm, I'm down with that. All right, well, I, I never knew that you ever had opinions. So. <laughs> New development here at Antioch. Oh, See, now, if we uh, want a clean show, I'd have something really funny to say, but we're a pretty clean show, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's jump in. So um, this cruise was great because I didn't really have to prop any games. Uh, we, had, we had a good group of players that came in, almost like clockwork, and uh, sat down. So I literally played one round. I mean... <laughs> and, and by the way, I gave forty bucks back to my players in that one round. Oh, jeez! Um, so I, I played one round the entire time. I didn't have to play the rest of the week, so I got a chance to just kind of like hang out and watch the games, right? Um, and listen to uh, folks talk, and you know, kind of jump in their conversations when they wanted me to, and, and stay in the background when they didn't want me to. So uh, we had uh, this woman on the cruise named Christy, and um, so I'm sitting at the table, and, and she's telling us. Uh, that she just finished uh, going through dealer school in Las Vegas this summer. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, didn't think anything of it. So then somebody asked her, you know, well, what are you going to do now? Are you going to get a job in a Vegas casino? Are you going to deal with a circuit? And she's like, well, actually, I'm a college professor. And hmm. I've been pretty concerned about the lack of women in poker, um, like we all have, right? Yeah. And uh, so she's like, I actually wrote a grant to see if they would pay me, hey, to send me to Vegas to go through dealer school. And they gave it to me. <laughs> oh, wow. That's weird. 
Isn't that great? Wow. So now I'm sure there's more to it, and that's why I was kind of hoping we were going to get on the show so I could really you know, delve deep into it. I'm sure it's not just for her to go to dealer school. I'm sure there's something more to it, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's a good way for her to get involved in, in deeply involved in the poker thing rather than just, you know, you know, interview a bunch of folks about what's going on. Right. Um, and of course she picked up a good skill. So it sounds like she's going to deal the series next year, uh, maybe, but, uh, but it sounds like she's going back to her, um, college gig or her real gig at yeah. some point. Yeah. But so we talked a little bit that, and by we, I mean the, the, the people at the table there about this whole women in poker thing. We've talked about it on the show a lot. So. You know, we're not going to spend a lot of time because this is an abbreviated cruise show, as you mentioned. But yes. um, one thing that she brought up that I thought was really interesting, and again, I wish she was on the show because it's easier for her to talk about than two white dudes. <laughs> um, but um, was that, you know, when she asked me, she's like, oh, my God, did you see what the World Series gave out this year in their effort to get more women to play poker? And I'm like, no, nah, I wasn't out there that much. And uh, so she told me, and now I'm not so sh- sure. I mean, I can't say for certain that the World Series actually put this out. It could have been somebody at the World Series spreading, right? right. So I don't want you know, blame anybody or credit anybody here. Um, but um, she said it was, it was just stuff that was like almost offensive to me. It was like, you know, pull the chair out for women when they sit down. Uh, don't swear at the table. And she was really kind of upset about it. She's like, this is not how we get more women to play. And uh, I'm like, I thought, you know, hey, as much as I have an opinion in this, again, being a dude. Right. <laughs> I, I agree with you, and what's interesting is we had a big discussion at the TDA Summit this year. They spent maybe a good 15, 20 minutes uh, talking about this issue, and some of the suggestions that one of the women leading the thing came up with were along the same lines, and I'm sitting there again as a white dude <laughs> saying, you know, I know a lot of women that would be offended by this stuff. Um, you know, the women I know that are playing and want to play don't want to be – wined and dined at the table um you know they're not looking for chivalry at the table they're just uh looking to make it easier to get women in the game um so anyhow so the reason i wanted to bring that up on the show other than it's just a great story about how she went is that this really illustrates i think the different uh, the real difficulty we have in bringing women into the game because you've got kind of three things going on that don't really all work together one you've got a very male dominated industry right Mm mm-hmm um, and then you have kind of a division in, in women. You've got some women that want this some more chivalry, as I said, uh, kind of approach to getting them in. And then you've got these women that are, are kind of turned off by that and want something different done. Um, and so as a poker operator, I mean, what do you do at that point? you got to balance all three of those things, um, really two of those things. If you're a good poker operator, you're not a guy that doesn't care, right? But right. um and to me, that's the real challenge. So, you know, I'd be interested to see in the next, uh, you know, they had a really good women's poker summit, which we talked about, I don't know, six months ago or so, right? I'll be interested in the next time they do it, if that could be a discussion there, you know. do Are, are we turning women off by trying to make them be too nice at the table? Um, and, and we also talked, I mean, a couple of the women at the table that we were talking about spoke up as well, too. They're like... You know, swearing at the table, that's not a women's thing. That's that's just a general decorum thing. Mm-hmm. You know, men should be just as offended by that as women. And I'm like, sing it, sister. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, some of this stuff is just us cleaning up the game in general. And then women might be more women who, I should say, let me qualify that, women who are not as eager to be in the game right now or feel uh, un- less comfortable in the game as they should might be more comfortable if we just clean the game up in general. Yeah. How's that? Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, it doesn't have to be specific things for women, just making the game just more 
appealing to normal people. <laughs> well, don't. let me ask you this. Uh, the angle that it seems like is being taken here is that we don't want to do anything special for women. We just want to make everything fair and and acceptable and clean. Well, I would say that's my angle. I, I, there are several women that would vehemently disagree with that angle. Yeah, I'm just curious. So I, I don't know if people disagree with that, then it's going to be difficult to obviously placate everyone. Um, but exactly. I, I wonder, do you eliminate women-only events? You know? Because well, I mean, why, I think why are you making a special thing for them? Because they want to feel I mean, comfortable doing it. I have players who don't like that there's women's events. That makes it makes them feel marginalized. Yeah. Uh, makes them feel like, you know, they're not good enough to play with the men, so they have to have their own tournaments. And then you have other women that are like, that's the greatest thing ever, because now I feel comfortable with people that are less whatever, fill in the blank, uh, that they think about men at general at the table. Um, so, yeah, that's part of it. Um but I think that's really just one of several of those things that are yin and yang here. Yeah. Don't go together. So, so totally not yin and yang. That was a bad <laughs> simile metaphor. Well, I, I just, I just don't, <laughs> I don't know what happens first. Do you come out and say there's nothing wrong with these events, but we would prefer open events to be, you know, just totally accepting and not marginalized at all in any way you treat us. Or do you say, hey, you know what? If we want to be treated the same, then we gotta we gotta compete the same, and there aren't going to be carve outs for us to have a special women's event or or whatever you want to call it. I'm just saying that, like even the senior event, you know, right? Why yeah. is there a senior event? Because you're older, or because they they don't think as quickly after you're well, fifty? Well, talk a lot. Those players are the same thing. It's like, hey, I don't have those young cocky gun guys with their hats on backwards, you know, raising forty seven X. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I mean, they do like playing with people more like themselves. So, um, you know, I, I guess you're right. I mean, I, that that's what goes back to what we started this. It, it's kind of an impossible um, problem to solve because of that. But um, I guess what I would say is, if anybody's trying, whether they're trying in a way that you don't think is right or wrong, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with pulling a chair out for a woman. You know, I'm sorry if you feel offended by that <laughs> you know i wouldn't mind if a guy pulled a chair out for me when i was sitting down you know we, we bring chips to people to cruise and put them on the table for them so they don't have to carry them across the room i mean am i being too nice to guys by doing that you know i there's just stuff like that that's kind of weird but so you know i i think if if, if there's an attempt being made whether it's by a poker room a staff member in a poker room a tour operator anybody that's genuine. Like they're genuinely trying to make the game more welcoming to women. I think we should just welcome that and not pick it apart by saying, "Oh, I don't like that," or, or, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. You know what I mean? Maybe that's yeah. the approach that we need to have. It's just kind of, it's kind of the approach we need in the world in general. Just, uh, it's like an ignorance thing too, though. If they, if, so, <laughs> if somebody is ignorant toward what people don't like or don't appreciate don't even understand what marginalizing means then their good intentions can still be offensive and so very point, it's very point. very difficult to to satisfy this 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 need or problem and i i i wish it never happened i wish they just you know, everyone just enjoyed poker from the beginning and didn't have to have these you know conversations and these problems when it comes to this and i did notice i think they even said it on i watched a little bit of the 
the main event, I think, on ESPN, or maybe I saw it on a clip or something. But I think they said the numbers were actually up this year for women, which is yeah, really they good. were. So I yeah. mean, we're definitely trending in the right direction. So um, you know, as long as we can keep that going, but uh, yeah. So All right. well, cool, uh, we'll interesting, interesting, interesting discussion to have. Yeah. I didn't expect it to have it on our cruise ship, but it was That's nice cool. to have it. So it's and a nice to have the cruise. participating in. It, so. Yeah, sure. All right, so you know our, our good friend Ron Shenberg that's been on a lot of our cruises, right? He is, uh, as far as I know, the only pinnacle status member in Royal Caribbean that comes on our cruises. So, you know, and he doesn't lord around. He should. He, you know, he wears the uh, little pinnacle badge on the first day, but then he retires it after that. And, uh-huh. and wears his Annie up clothes the rest of the day. So, <laughs> cool. But um, so uh, we're at Coco Cay. Got back on the ship a little early. I was just hanging out in the hot tub. Uh, he walked by, got in the hot tub. We were just chatting about stuff in general. And he said something that I thought was interesting. I mean, I've heard this before. I'm sure you've heard before. But we really had a, a, an interesting discussion about it. Um, you know, he mentioned uh, he's a psychologist by trade, too. So usually when he's on a cruise ship, I'm, I'm picking his brain about picking other people's brains, which I think is fascinating, right? Uh, but he said, you know, hey, if you think about life, life is just one long session of poker. <laughs> you have your ups. You have your downs. And uh, I'm like, you know, you're right. And then I thought about it more. And I'm like, you know, and in life, you make your own luck, right? Just in poker. You know, it's not all lucky. I mean, you get unlucky at times. But uh, players that are really good are because they make their own luck, right? Um, I just thought it was a good analogy. And the more we talked about it, the more I dug a little bit deeper into it. So, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, oh, I think it's, it's backwards. I mean, you don't take something that happens in life and make that the root and then make life the analogy to the root. The, the, <laughs> Okay, poker is like life. Life is always happening, and life is universal. Poker is not. So poker is like life in that you have your ups and downs, and you have your good and bad luck. Not the other way around. And we've always been saying that forever, so all you did was just reverse it. I don't know. You seem to have these deep conversations, but that one to me just was – it fell a little short, you know. You know, I mean, I think you're hoping to say, oh, man, this was as deep as the water our ship was sailing on. And I'm thinking it's like a puddle, <laughs> you know. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I oh, know you, you love to talk to him and you have great conversations with you him. You take your ball, go home. I'll really hang out with guy. But... And we will dig deep in each other's brains, and uh, you you can just drink your milk. And you know, I mean, you're, you're in a hot tub, you know, and, and you know, these kind of things kind of – you know, come together with these conversations. But I think sometimes it gets a little too hot in there for your brain to function that you would think that this was a great topic. <laughs> I don't know what you thought we were going to talk about with that, buddy. But that was that was just absolutely... Yeah, I just... didn't know what we were going to talk about, and apparently I should have no expectations. So. That, that's like, that's a couple of minutes of my life I'll never get back. But again, I always love to cherish an opportunity to bust your stones a little. But he's right. I mean, life is like poker, and poker is like life. I, I don't know. I, um, well, I guess the genesis of it, we were talking about a player that had an up-and-down session the night before and uh, was very happy when he was winning and then very sad when he was losing. Now, that's not unusual in any stretch, of the, uh, right? But right. Um, it, it's just an interesting dynamic that um, that we allow our emotions to peak here, and then we, we like that peak and we like the valley. Yeah. Uh, even though we'd say we don't, right? <laughs> we'd rather not have that valley. But so, all right, all right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you got more to talk about because we're going to end our show on that. I was going to be like, "Ooh, good thing we're putting O'Malley at the end of the show because we got a rally here." <laughs> uh, we had one of our podcast listeners, Joe, on the show. He an absolute dream. Love chatting with him every single day. Uh, he brought his brother on. They both had a great time. They, they couldn't thank us enough. 
Um, uh, he kept calling me Chris the entire week, though. So, yes. um, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to give him a four, four star review on Yelp because of that. But <laughs> other than that, he was a fantastic dream to have on there. And, um, you know, I think this is the first guy, and maybe other people have told you this, so, you know, maybe I'm not breaking any ground. But the first one I remember that told me is like, hey, Scott, uh, coming on an Andy Up cruise was a bucket list item for me. Oh, yeah. And I've tried to make it happen, and we couldn't. You know, the wife doesn't like to play, so I didn't really want to bring her on the ship and make her feel, you know, either like she had to entertain herself or the or that she had to drag me out of the poker room, which I didn't want to. So I brought my brother on, and we had just the best time. And um, and now he's talking about hopefully coming on the transatlantic and bringing the wife because we had that conversation that we have with a lot of our players, right? That um, you know my wife doesn't play, your wife doesn't play, right? Mm-hmm. So um, a little different for us because we are working, and I'm big heavy air quotes here, but um, versus just enjoying the cruise. But it is all about balancing uh, with your family. And then we had um, you know Gambit came on the cruise this time too, brought a son who's 17 now. When did that happen? Yeah, I know it. I remember like a home game, like it seemed like last week when he was like six. But I know it. <laughs> anyhow, he's 17 now. And so there's a balance there between when you're bringing kids on too. You know, what do you do with them? Um, obviously, when they get a little older like that, there's you know some great teen programs and stuff. They find their own friends and they don't care about mom and dad, right? But, right. Um, but you know, so we, we did have that discussion about how, how you have to balance on the cruise ship. Uh, I mean, there's, there's no reason not to bring a spouse that doesn't play um, unless – you are going to be – you don't want to give up what you want to do, right? If you want to be in the poker room morning, noon, and night, one, we love you for that. <laughs> uh, two, that's probably not going to work well for the marriage on the cruise. But uh, if you're willing to give and take a little bit and, um, you know, so I explained to them that we do the tournaments during the day, cash games at night. And part of the reason we do that is so those kind of couples can plan it. So, you know, if you're a tournament player, then you tell – Tell the spouse, hey, hang out by the pool during the day. I'm playing poker, and at night we'll go to the shows. And or if you're a cash game player, you know, hey, I'll hang out with the pool with you all day today, and then at night you go to the shows by yourself. <laughs> or you could have a relationship like Scott has with his wife, where basically they just pass each other at the airport terminals. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and say, ah, where are you going this week? I'm out to Vegas. Okay, I'm going to Cleveland. All right, we'll see you in three weeks. Secrets of a successful 19-year marriage, Chris. That's right. That's what I'm saying. So if you have those You're kind. with each other, you don't annoy each That's other. That's right. You don't have to worry about that. Just take the spouse, let her have fun on the ship for the whole week while you sit in the poker room all week, and then meet again at the end at Customs. That's all you got to do. It's great. <laughs> No worries. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all my stories with the uh, passengers. But I do want to talk about uh, the ship and uh, because we are on the Mariner of the Seas this time, uh, which is a Voyager-class ship, one of the uh, my favorite class of ships uh, on there. There are two classes above it that are, are newer and bigger. But uh, I, I think everything you could possibly want is on the Voyager-class. There's some really nice um, extra stuff on the other ones. But the Voyager-class is super nice. And this ship um, was the first, I believe, in this class that go through Royal Caribbean's uh, what they call re- uh, refurbation or refreshing, um, where they dry dock it for a couple months and rip everything out and pretty much build it all brand new on the inside, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're going to be doing this for all their ships over the next couple of years. So eventually all the ships will, eventually, will get this. But this is the first one like it. And um, they did it really well. Um, you know, it's... You know, Ramsey, our poker manager, and I, we, we obviously sit there all the time. And, you know, when you come on a cruise, too, we sit there and talk about, you know, how we've been on the cruises enough that we can kind of get tired of everything and almost becomes a chore, which is so weird because some people save up their money all the year to go on a vacation, right? Yeah. 
Um, so it's good to see them kind of like reimagining stuff and keeping their product uh, fresh. So um, almost all new restaurants on this one. So are the Chops Grill, but they swapped out the Italian restaurant Giovanni's for uh, Jamie Oliver's uh, Celebrity Chef Italian, which was fantastic enough that we went back twice. Wow. Um, really, really good. Um, locally sourced ingredients, which we kind of giggled at, but the stuff was really good. So, um, and they, they, um, expanded the Izumi, which is their sushi restaurant into hibachi. So I got to do my little flippy pan food, which <laughs> Laura never lets me do except on my birthday. So, and surprisingly it was probably the best hibachi chef I've had anywhere. And I go to these places everywhere and, uh, you know, you think on the ship, they kind of like mess all the stuff up, but we had a really good guy, and uh, the food was really good. So they really did a good job with the restaurants, and they had an escape room. I didn't get a chance to go up and escape by working, but I thought that was pretty cool, a little amenity on a cruise ship. Um, wow. now, and then they um, swapped out some bars, too. So they got rid of the uh, the wine bar, which is always my favorite, but pretty boring, and replaced it with the bamboo room, which they uh, is the authentic tiki experience, except it's inside and your bartenders are from Belize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's an interesting switch on it. So it's they really just kind of took the whole thing and, and you know, all your favorites are still there, but they found a way to kind of refresh it a little bit. And uh, and Ramsey and I are talking a little bit too, and we it, you can tell all these changes are, are are gearing to a younger crowd now. I think I think they're um, not the youngest crowd, but a younger crowd that kind of is looking for new, you know, you know. To don't want to hang out in the boring wine bar with Scott and Laura, you know. <laughs> See, yeah, no, I don't agree with that because they're marginalizing us now, you know. I don't think that's what they should be doing. They, they shouldn't be having a, a, a cruise that's geared toward younger people. You know, it's not right. It's just not right. We should all have all our own same cruise, and there should be no difference. And All right. All, all podcast listeners get off of Chris's lawn now. <laughs> I'm just making the point that they, the they we just talked about it earlier in the show that they, you know, don't make anything special for anyone. Like, let it all equal. And now they're, you know, tailoring the, the cruise toward the young people. But, um, and that's probably what they did with that Coco K too, didn't they? It was like $250 million yeah, that changed we'll talk that. about that next. So if you want to move on to that. I can yeah, that's great. So, yeah, so this is our first sailing that went uh, to Coco K after it's um, gone through most of its renovations. So, uh, we mentioned the show before that they they have or or will when they're done dumping 250 million dollars onto this little tiny island, and um, you know when we used to go to Coco Cay, it was actually it was relaxing. If you're a relaxing kind of person, you you never had a problem with the old Coco Cay. Right. Get off and you could you know find a little um, lounger somewhere. You could go on the uh, the beach and just get find find a hammock somewhere, and and they obviously had food and drink and everything out there. Yeah, the barbecue. But they completely reimagined it now. So, um, and I was a little worried. I was a little skeptical. Um, so what they added was this huge water park, which has the uh, tallest uh, water slide in North America. Um, they added this helium balloon ride, which is kind of cool. If you think about it, like a hot air balloon, except yeah. it's on tether. Yeah. You, you go up and you get, you know, panoramic views. Uh, you know, I'm scared to death of heights, so that's not going to happen. I'm also scared to death of paying the cruise ship for stuff. So, um, and they added zip lines, which they had at their private island in Labadee. Um, and then they're in the process. The one things that weren't done yet, which didn't really bother me, were um, some of the higher end cabanas. They have a lot of private cabanas all over the uh, island now that you can pay for and pay a premium for, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but they're adding super premium ones, and those are supposed to be done by the end of uh, this year. So, if you've gone to Coco Cay before and you thought it was kind of boring, 
it's so not boring now. Um, so my concern is when I got off, I mean, in the morning, I, you know, when we're docked there, I'm looking at it and I took a picture. I'm like, this is crazy. This is like Disney World in the middle of the Bahamas, right? Yeah. Um, so my problem was, or my fear was, is that everything was going to have a price tag to it. And, you know, I knew the water park had a price tag to it. It actually wasn't as much as I heard it was going to be. And then you could do the half day one, which is super affordable. Well, it's not super affordable. How about just affordable? Yeah. <laughs> affordable enough that I would do it. Um, but then, you know, so we got off and uh, we, we did a shore excursion, which I'm going to talk about here to close the show. Uh, but we got off and navigated up there. And um, one of the things that they mentioned is they have the largest freshwater pool in the Caribbean. Now, I thought that was part of the water park. And I'm like, you know, it's going to suck. I just want to get off and swim in a pool today. Um, although Ramsey would argue everybody's off the ship. So all the pools on the ship are yeah. Yeah. that. But, uh, but no, we turned the corner and that the, that big pool is free. Um, it's not part of any payment kind of thing, and they have a swim-up bar, which is nice, and it was massive. It kept going and going and going. Jeez. Uh, there is a wave pool that's part of the water park, so if you want that, then you have to pay to get in. But um, So I don't know. I, I liked it. Uh, Ramsey was not a fan. Um, he, he liked the old relaxing thing better. You know, you can still do that. It's a little harder to find that now, but um, you can still do it. Um, to me, I just like the big pool. I felt like I was at a resort. You know, like when's yeah. all resources yeah. to go to and just hanging out for the day. And so, uh, you know, I think they did a good job with it. Um, um, now, they added a couple um, shore excursions. <laughs> and, you know, me, uh, we're not normally shore excursion people. We like to usually get off and just kind of bar hop and, and have fun. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was looking at all of them because Nassau, we always struggle to find stuff to do in Nassau. It's like so frustrating. I uh, couldn't find anything to do there. But I was looking at Coco Cay and they're like, they had a swimming swim with the pigs tour, <laughs> and I'm like, what? Oh man! So I it up, and there's a little picture of this pig swimming with you. I'm like, you know, I've heard of swimming with dolphins, swimming with turtles, swimming with rays. That stuff makes sense because they're water animals, right? Yeah. I've never seen a pig like laying on the beach, you know, sunning itself, right? But I'm like, oh man, I got this is interesting. So I started doing some research and found out that uh, there's an island in the Bahamas. Uh, various theories about how the pigs get there. Uh, one was uh, like a ship crashed or something, which is the whole theory in Bermuda, so I knew that one was kind of BS. The other one was that there were a couple rich guys around Y2K, you know, when they thought the whole computer system was going to crash, and none of it did. <laughs> but before it, they took out a male pig and four female pigs and dropped it off this island, and then, of course, they, you know, sex all over the place, and then oh, a bunch of pigs, right? Oh, man. Uh, and then they just, because it's, you know, 100 degrees out, they like to go into the water, and it turns out the pigs are pretty good swimmers. <laughs> so, you know, when the research I was doing, I'm like, you know, because I'm kind of cagey about these animal experiences, because, you know, I'm a big animal guy. I don't like to know that animals are forced into some indentured servitude just for, um, you know, giggles for cruise ship passengers, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I was reading, and I'm like, all right, there are feral pigs. They're there. They, they've learned to swim. They eat fruit. Um, the um, Bahamas uh, Ministry of uh, Health had been there and inspect them and really added a bunch of rules. So, you know, you're not supposed to feed them on the sand anymore because they get sand. It's not good for pigs. So you want to feed them in the water. So that's the best place to feed them. Um, you're feeding them just fruit, you know, so healthy stuff. You're not giving them... You know, whatever you didn't eat at the Windjammer buffet that day, right? <laughs> um, so I'm like, all right, I, I can deal with this. All right, I think this is this is this meets my moral standards, and it sounds super fun. 
So I went in and decided to book it, and then Ramsey was like, I'm not going to spend that much uh, to swim with pigs. And it was a lot. Um, and then at the last minute, he's like, all right, fine, I'll do it. So great, we did, right? So uh, we get on the boat, we get out there. As soon as we get off the boat, they have, like, a little lagoon, like, on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> With fenced around it and four or five fat pigs just sitting in there. <laughs> and I'm like, what? So we get up there and as soon as the first thing you see is uh, no taking of photos of the pigs in the water. Don't worry, we will take pictures for you. Of course. And, and I'm like, yeah, okay, great. Part of the reason I wanted to swim with the pigs is to get that selfie, a pig selfie, right? Yeah. It's not going to happen. And then, uh, so they do the little safety thing, and you put your little apple on, like, the skewer thing, and you have to put it out to the side, because if you, like, oh, lay them, you know, you're going to get stabbed, the pig's going to get stabbed. And then they send all 50 of us, you know, fat round people, down to the lagoon, and to swarm around these uh, these big pigs that have been eating all day with another group of them. That's right. And I'm like, so I fed it a couple times, it's kind of cool, and Ramsey was, like, way done with it quickly right and then of course you know one of the things they taught us during the safety thing is like you know you're feeding them apples and apples turn into come out as applesauce like, and all the kids laugh <laughs> oh, but those pigs a lot of applesauce coming out of those pigs oh geez and you're swimming and in that water little, they have a little guy that comes down with a little net and picks it all up while you're in there but you're still i'm like i'm like i just spent a half an hour and a lot of money by the way <laughs> sitting in a Huge pig, pig toilet. <laughs> Huge pig toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? So uh, that was a clear miss in my uh, career as a cruiser on shore excursions. <laughs> I would not recommend that again. Uh, Ramsey certainly wouldn't. Uh, I'm going to have to owe him a lot going forward. But so if you see the swimming with the pigs, make sure it's the uh, it's the real one, not this fake one uh, that they created uh, apparently just for Coco K. So just uh, so just one star on Yelp. <laughs> from the swimming in the pig toilet. Not, not sure there's a star at all there for that. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. Yes. I, yes. Now, could you have like changed your mind and said, "I'm not doing this" and gotten your money back? Is there any I'd way? Probably not. Probably probably not, not. Right. But, but we were uh, we were appreciative of the entrepreneur spirit here because um, I kind of skipped part of the story here when we realized this wasn't the real Pig Island. Um, uh, it was a family that said that uh, they had rescued these pigs and brought them to this island. I don't know where they rescued them from because there's plenty of pigs on that buffet that we just walked by to get on the, <laughs> the, the boat. So I'm like, you know, all right, great. And you saved these five pigs. But, oh, by the way, I should tell you, on cue, all the baby pigs came down after we were in the water. So it's almost like they, you know, they had stage directors in the back. Like, yeah. right, it's the little ones. Yeah, release the hounds. Uh, but no, the guy was like, yeah, we rescued them, and we're raising them here. We have them all named, and blah, blah, blah. And, and so then we started doing the math, and we're like, 110 bucks times 50, and they do four of these a day at least, um, just for our ship, not to mention the other ship. Now, obviously, the cruise ship takes a cut of it, right? Yeah. That's, Still, that's a pretty good chunk of change. Yeah, yeah. Feeding a couple pigs and buying some apples. <laughs> Man, that's insane. Right? You spend 110 bucks on that? Yeah, I know, I know. It's sad. It's oh crazy. man! Now, I, now yeah, I'd consider the get on the photos. I consider the forty dollars you lost the table to be like a win. <laughs> exactly. Compared right. to that, <laughs> oh, that's terrible. And here's the other thing that he did. I'm like, you know, so when you're on vacation, there's the instant gratification of the photos, right? So I'm like, all right, I get it. You know, I know you're telling me we can't have photos in the the pig toilet. 
uh, for our own safety, heavy air quotes again. <laughs> um, but if you're going to sell me a photo, sell it to me right away. I've never been on a shore excursion where they didn't like immediately dump that crap into a thumb drive. Yeah. And hit you up for $60 with a frame and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Here you had to wait five to seven days for them to post it online. Oh, jeez. And then yeah, order five it that to seven way. days, I'm going to forget I even swam with pigs. And have time to regret the being flushed down the toilet, 110 bucks <laughs> that you paid already. <laughs> so anyhow, you know, if I if I bought Pig Island, that's the first thing I would do. Is like, we're getting rid of this five to seven days, man. We're, we're making sure these people... We're, we're going to hit them up for $150, $160 at least for being out. So when we sell our huge poker empire you're gonna go buy pig island i am gonna buy pig island it's a money making thing the reconfigure the photo department and make a killing <laughs> unbelievable so is that all you got should i move on to o'malley's valley Mo- o'malley's uh, no, move and say goodbye thing that's right. very tangentially uh tangentially uh related to um annie up but since it's a short show i'll throw it on there um, our good friend Mike Faso, our longtime listener, remember him. He hasn't been on the show in a long time, so right, I, right. Up, I don't know who we're talking about. But um, there, there's this really cool contest going on in Tampa Bay. It's called it's by a Creative Loafing newspaper. It's called Best of Tampa Bay. They do it every year. Thousands of categories and lots of nominees uh, um, in there. And um, you know, I always go through and vote for my Safety Harbor folks. And uh, the very first category, and the very first. Uh, ca- uh, First question, the first category, I guess. I don't know if it's a question, whatever. Uh-huh. First category and category sounds weird. But anyhow, um, it was Best Actor, and one of the nominees is Mike Faso. Wow. He's kind of semi-retired now, and he's been really hitting the community theater circuit pretty hard. And um, he's invited us to a couple shows, and uh, we've just been out of town for him, so I haven't gotten to see him perform. But So anyhow, if you are a longtime listener and you want to thank Mike Faso for his contributions to the show uh, go to bobtampabay.com and in the arts and entertainment category, go to best actor. It's the very first one and vote for Mike Faso. Wow. Well, if you and wanted to listen to there, if you want to go to the people place some <laughs> politics, Oh, geez. Don't be using our show over your own crap. Someone named Scott Long just happened to be nominated for best mover and shaker in Tampa Bay and best local influence. Oh, so if you want to vote for that guy too, that's fine. Oh, jeez, that's no, it. Yeah, Mike Faso deserves it. It's you know we haven't seen him in a while, and uh, and uh, he's really uh, he's working for his thing, where I'm not working for my thing. So. Uh, next week, next week, I'm going to have them vote for me for the bowling hall of fame. There we go. There we go. <laughs> well, bobtampabay.com. Show Mike Faso some love. If you want to uh, listen to some actual poker, stay tuned after we say goodbye. We're going to have a new O'Malley's move. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Lord. We'll see you at the tables. Hello, and welcome to another O'Malley's move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. This week is our final episode in the $1, $2 No Limit Hold'em Casino Cash Game. We started the night with 300, built it up to 600, but now are only up 100 for the night. We sit with 400. The blinds post, an MP makes it $10 to go, and we are next in another MP with the ace of spades, ace of diamonds. Let's raise it up. We make it $35 to go. It's folded around to the big blind who calls. He started the hand with 500 and is a pretty wild player. He'll play almost any hand from almost any position and overplays everything. He bought in for $60 and has ran it all the way up to $500. The original raiser calls, and with just over $100 in the pot, the flop is the king of spades, eight of clubs, tray of diamonds. 
The big blind checks, as does the MP, and we make it $70 to go. The big blind shoves over the top of us, and the MP folds. It's to us. What's the move? Anti Up is a production of AntiUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at AntiUpMagazine.com or call our hotline at 206-338-6344. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at AntiUpMagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network. Music